Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Cassidy shoves a gun up a bum. Jesus Christ is best friends with Tulip now, apparently. And is Jesse a god or just an idiot in a raft? Find out next when we're talking about Preacher, Season 4, Episode 4, Search and Rescue. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, everybody. Welcome to the <laughs> AfterBuzz TV Preacher After Show. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. uh sick tunes. These tunes fit the show yeah. so well. This is the genesis of tunes. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, They're commanding uh, uh, me uh, to uh, groove. Uh, uh. What up, guys? We're talking about Preacher, Season 4, Episode 4, Search and Rescue. I'm your host, Elena Jordan, and I am not alone today. No, you have been joined by me, Dave Child. My child. child. My Dave Child. Yep, okay. (laughs) Dave Child's here. I'm ready to talk. I just watched three hours of this show. You just binged the crap out of this show. Props. Mm, mm, Props mm. to Dave. My head is full of foreskin and Hitler and all sorts of (laughs) terrible, things. That's why your skin looks so good. So good. It's the foreskin making your skin look so dewy. So dewy. Dewy foreskin dewy. (laughs) <laughs> Love it. This is such a strange oh, show to like. It's so weird that this is a legitimate ugh. thing that we're talking about. I know. And to mainline the show, like, makes you feel insane. Because it <laughs> makes you, your reality gets warped. And there's so many different things going on. And it's so crazy. I just really like that the show is on the air. The show is nuts. So kind of since you haven't been here. Yeah. What do you think, not only kind of overall thoughts, not only of this episode, but how it stacks up to the other three that we've seen thus far. Because we're four episodes in already. It's crazy. Yeah, I think, like I said, I might mix up some of, like, everything's kind of in my head right now. (laughs) But it's a good... The season's been really good. Like, I've been enjoying... I like the fact that this is the last season, even though I like the show. Because I like it when shows, like, know when to leave. Kind of know when to kind of quit Mm -hmm. and not keep going, even though they could easily keep going. Know when to hold them. No No wind to fold them. And this one's one's (laughs) doing a good job of revving up to the end and kind of like bringing stuff, especially from comic book like readers that are referenced all over the place. And kind of, and I like how they're just like, and here's the Jesus Decide, and okay, bye. Okay, let's keep going. And it's like, you you guys happy? You guys, okay, cool. Let's keep, and I love that. I kind of like how it's. It knows it's adapted into something different, and it's using what they've set up, and they're paying off on what they've set up, yet they're still being like, they're nodding towards the comic enough. It's good. I think that that is the pretty much the perfect encapsulation of this show. Yeah. Dave, it's so good to have it's you so back. It's so good! Oh! 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 oh. <laughs> this, yeah, this show is absolutely 
absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and kind of speaking too about the references to the comics, be sure to stick around for our whole episode right. because at the end of the episode, not only will we be giving you guys our predictions for what we think will be happening mm. for the rest of the season, wrapping up the series as a whole, but also our special segment where we will be talking about the similarities and differences and references to the Preacher 66 issue graphic novel. Yeah run. Uh, And again, that will be at the end, so if you're worried about spoilers, don't be. We thought about it. We saved them for the end for you guys. Um, So yeah, so diving right into this episode, man, kicking off, it picks up right where the end of episode one. Yeah, we're kind of jumping around time. They're they're using time in a very interesting way they're setting up stuff this happened in the previous episode too because you got to see him already mm-hmm. on the plane and then it jumps to him what actually happened at the Desaad place and in this one you're we're jumping right back into the meeting with Airstar and God yeah which so. is pretty cool because we get not only which we've seen in the last episode where we had some of the the scene enough yeah. of it where we almost were like, wait, did something just glitch out? Did something just happen? You know, when right. the middle of the episode, whereas this one is having, okay, this is just a clip it of what we saw at the end of the first episode of God saying, look, you don't just want to kill, you don't want him dead to right. You yeah. want to make him suffer. So let's you make him suffer. You don't want to carve a vagina on his head. You want you to want carve, carve a, a vagina, vagina in his soul. soul. It's a new t-shirt. I was I about we'll to say, yeah. that should be a t-shirt. Vagina in the soul. Right? Carve Everyone will love me if I'm walking around with that shirt. Oh, boy. But, like, <laughs> one thing from that meeting that was really interesting is you found out that Humperdue is actually in God's plan. Yes, and he's an integral part of God's plan. He's... Yeah, and the Grail is actually working with God and not just something separate than God, mm-hmm. which is new information. And this we also find out that this particular episode is an important one because the Grail is facilitating this big summit that has been foretold. And the Grail has all, and we'll we'll talk about this a little later on when we talk about Tulip, but uh, Mm. we get some exposition when she's talking to one of the Grail officers, that this is the big summit between heaven and hell. Yeah. We see a little illusion of it when we see Hitler walk by and Frankie Tuscani kind of crapping himself over, like, oh, I should have right. gotten a picture with Evil Incarnate because he's here. Um, so we find out that the summit is happening and that Hairstar is clearly going to be, because he is the All-Father, an important part of it, and he's given his packets right. and everything for it, which this, I have to say, the packet... Part one of my favorite because I actually kind of Did paused pause? it, yes, to look at each page. Okay, because what was your how favorite do you thing not the when there's a presentation packet? We only got the first. <laughs> oh, of course, oh, yeah. of course. Whenever I see a presentation I'm packet, like, I just oh, let I, me see this packet. All reason falls away. <laughs> I must see the packet. So that's the steps for Apocalypse 2020, the end of the right. world. So we know that this is something that both sides are going to be working together. Mm-hmm. To bring about the apocalypse, which also kind of goes with our whole circumventing of good and bad, and what yeah. is the representation of, oh, well, clearly, if the world is going to end, then these are evil forces that are doing this. 
but it's actually both of these. Right. Organ- if, there's, if there's this one thing about a good apocalypse story, it's all about good and evil kind of coming together and doing it. Good Omens does the same sort of thing, where it's just about about both sides kind of agreeing, well, the apocalypse has to happen, so let's let's come to terms about what's happening at the apocalypse. Two sides of the same coin, and yeah. that coin is the apocalypse. Is the apocalypse. <laughs> um, but yeah, so phase one is to infiltrate, place grail loyalists in key government positions. Right. And it seems like they've already done that, because we got a... Uh, we, well, the meeting. We have the meeting of what happens to the New Zealand. Or they thought out of lead. the box by thinking in the box. In the box. I also love the little, like, in that meeting. I think it's a previous episode, but like I said, I just watched them all. Uh, the the Blame Australia, which was like... God, I know. So made me think good. of Flight of the Concords, and it made New me Zealand. really happy. Because they're always, like, they're going always up against... Australia's like, where's the car? And we're like, where's the car? Yeah. The arch <laughs> nemesis of, of New Zealand is Australia. I love it. Uh, which we'll talk a little bit, too, about how Australia plays mm-hmm. into this... Uh, Whoa, and now Jesse is in Australia. In Australia. That can't be coincidental. It's got to be some sort of connection. Okay, I got a prediction that I'm going to bring up in the prediction. Especially because we put a shipping label on that dead body box. Uh huh. So, where's it going? Where's it going? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, But we also, I love to seeing uh, Hairstar. And his meeting with Jesus, too, and him talking about uh, everything at Masada is at your disposal. The food Uh court, the gym, the steam, the sauna. There's a chapel somewhere. Somewhere. They don't really know where the chapel is in this big holy sanctum because they've lost, I mean, these little subtle things that they throw in. Seeing Jesus in this scenario is, is crazy. And it's just, and you see, get to see what his kind of energy goes, how it like conflicts with the rest of the show, because the show's so violent and crazy, and you see him just coming in as this like very soft boy, <laughs> and just and just trying to like use love and understanding to the, yeah, and it's it's great. I like how Jesus seems like a swell guy, the juxtaposition nice of like chill hippie yeah. Jesus and hair star. Who is hair star is just losing it at this point. Yeah. I mean, Jesus even points out his ear and he's like, Oh no, no, no it's fine. Why and we see it fall ear? onto the packet of the picture of Jesse. I... And Jesse is in the apocalypse packet. Right, he's in the he's a big part of the apocalypse a packet. A big part of the apocalypse packet he has getting his own covered page. with ear dick. Yeah. And ear dick. We Why earmark did... it. He was earmarking the page. Oh gross. Huh? I, I love I'm proud how... of that one actually. <laughs> I know you are, and that's why I'm not proud of you. But it's, the, I don't understand why Airstar decided, like, I'm going to replace my ear with vampire foreskin unless he wanted to become a vampire. But no, that I think he just was like, this will be something good to use in the meantime. I'm being so disfigured. It's just, it's stupid. I mean, he the... looks like a dickhead, and now he actually has a literal dickhead, and it's, yeah, like, and very he's... upsetting, but... And it doesn't look good, and but why didn't he just say, you know lying to him and telling him. He's just very delusional, but we also see that that's what God is basically holding against him, right. is he's saying, look, this is what you want. You want your... this stuff you prestige. You want, yeah, you want your good looks back. Mm-hmm. Um... You want to not look like a dickhead and not be able to wear a hat? Like, I get it, man. So this is our plan. We're coming after Jesse. We're going to keep going after Jesse. And if you want to be beautiful... 
<laughs> like then the message this is what's of up. the message of the show will always be God's an asshole, <laughs> and that seems to be what they're building up. And basically, everybody is everybody, even Jesse, who is trying so hard this episode. And this is also kind of an interesting right. scene too. When we first see um, Jesse and Steve in the boat, and we see like the the crash. Oh, pilot Steve! Um, poor pilot Steve. But we saw this in the pre or on the um, the next week on. Uh-huh. Was this was this exact scene, and we we're like, wow, this seems like this is a big kind of spoiler that they're putting this in here, and it's the very first thing that we right. see. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, um, the only thing being, and I wanted your opinion on this. When the plane crashes, we see God. the old man, God, sitting on the plane, and the zoom in into the mouth. What did you think was going on with that? Well, th- that was also happening when Jesse was kind of seeing his friends, mm-hmm. was seeing, had a moment with Cass, had a moment with Tulip, and then had a moment with God. So I don't think God was literally there. I think he was just imagining God laughing at him, and that was like personifying it. It was like showing it, because that's the same... You know, Cass wasn't there. Tulip wasn't there. And, and I think that's why they showed those previous ones. Was yeah. to show, because we've seen God literally sitting there with Jesse, like, as a child. Yeah, we saw, like, God and the Dasad, like, dressed up as the as the dog mm-hmm. again. But like, even when we see there. the, like, the young Jesse back in, um, when he's, you know, with his grandma, we uh-huh. see the devil sitting at the table and God sitting in his bedroom. And they are supposedly literally in that moment. Right. I'm with you, though. I think that they set up those previous little kind of hallucinations moments or like yeah. imagining that somebody is there to show that this wasn't a literal adaptation. And even if he was there or wasn't there, the same thing was happening, which was God was laughing at him and setting up these like series of disappointments oh in his life. Oh my God, a Lemony Snicket's just like, series of unfortunate oh, events. Unfortunate events everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Oh Bad beginning all the way to the penultimate peril. Uh, <laughs> I like those books. <laughs> little secret about me um as do i yeah but in the uh in so you have like the kid you have like first the dog dies and then the kid dies and then like now you're set up so now he's setting up this pilot that he's becoming friends with and it was not showing he was such a swell guy he was the guy that wanted to go in and save the kid in the first place yeah who's like we got pilot code if you don't have priest code at least i have pilot code i'm pilot steve (laughs) which by the way pilot code not that strong not because he just went in and lost his pants somewhere, and that's what he focused on rather than actually finding that kid. So, yeah, well, you know. You know, pilots got to sow their oats, and that's what they tend to do. And, but he knew Jesse was on the way. Yeah, and he was. you saw Jesse also use his, use his voice more than he really has, ever has. And, and we I, see kind of like the whole, like the, if... We've seen kind of the trope of if they have the capability to make a wish, but it's not phrased completely perfectly, then how that can go awry. And we're seeing that with Jesse, with him using his voice, with all of the examples. Yeah, with the dog, with the kid, with everything where he's trying to do something good. And it's not have it's having unintended consequences that feel like God is just going, oh, well, you're going to do this. Okay, well, then this means this. Yeah, it just yeah, it's all like a big chess game. Yeah, and I think it was also building up to specifically when they're on the raft. And, you know, he's already told him, like, be positive. That didn't turn out well because then he's not paying attention to the fact he's burning alive. And then, oh, don't feel pain. And then he loses his arm and has and it builds up to 
the point where the pilot, Steve, is looking at Jesse and calling Jesse God. Mm-hmm. And he sees Jesse as God. And he just and so he's asking Jesse for favors instead of God. And that makes me wonder if that's part of God's plan. If that's what God is really leading to is to show you can see what it's like to be me because you're in this situation and someone's addressing you directly. And that's if, a really good point. Yeah, so it feels like it's building up Forced to Forced empathy almost. Yeah, like you got In the most douchey way possible. Now you are now you know what it's like to be me because of, I've set up this horrible situation for you. But I like uh, that Jesse too in this moment is like, look, this is between me and you. Like, leave him out of here, yeah. out of it. Like, you're, you're he's going to die out here if you keep pulling this bull crap. And Steve's like, well, what did God say? And then yeah. Jesse just trying to, uh, yeah, appease him. It's like, he, soon, he don't, you haven't been abandoned. Don't worry. Like, he's still, the the custer in him is still wanting to give these assurances mm-hmm. to this person, even though he doesn't know. And he's trying to use every bit of power that he has. And he's even given this opportunity when he's being told, like, oh, I, you said that this was all part of God's test you're clearly God and you're testing me. I want this test to be over. Right. Please tell me that I passed. Just let me live. And then the word failing him ultimately. Yeah, because I think he can't, like, you know. He can't command he can't somebody will. to live. Yeah, and you can't, they, or they can't will themselves to keep living. Especially in that situation. He needed to have some of that fight from that bisected grail girl, I'm right. telling you. I also wonder, like, <laughs> he should have just been, like, go to heaven. Because it seems like he could say go to hell and it seems to work. Yeah. So why can't he just be like, go to heaven and then boom, he's up there at the very least. Yeah, that would have been, oh, good call. Yeah. That would have been way better. But then he would have also probably been a bloody stump, like burning, (laughs) stuck in heaven. So he hadn't passed like, you know. Left the body behind. I did think that it was interesting that it too is the just the whole allegory of it being a pilot and it being uh-huh. the person who's taking him to his location, right. and it's ultimately he loses his way. You also, it's also we have to remember how this season started, which is the him falling out of a plane, a plane and, and hitting the ground, dying. So and yeah, and presumably, presumably dying. And so we in the previous and episodes hair also dying but blonde. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so we see in the previous episodes that a plane was kind of this like was always around where after he picked up the kid and got the mm-hmm. he saw a plane fly overhead and he followed the plane to the airport and he's like he sees that as kind of a destiny calling. So when he's on the plane, we even think, "Oh, is this the plane he's going to fall out of?" And, like, that's how he's going to, like, mm-hmm. hit the ground. And that doesn't quite happen. The, the plane crashes, but he doesn't fall out of the plane. And we know that it's in Australia because they gave us their title card. So right. then it's all coming back to this Australia moment. So it's so like, okay, he, so he's going to go back in the air and fall out of a plane again? He's going to get back on a plane at some point. That's going to happen. <sighs> if but you right don't now fall happened. out of a plane once, like Lost, get out of here, Ryan. It's not what? Lost. We've been talking about Lost too much. You Australia. It was a flight 815 from Yes, Australia. it was the flight. You've lost your way, sir. 
This is actually this, but God this, works. unlike Lost, this is going to have a more satisfying ending. Yes, a hundred percent. You know what else is also really satisfying? Mm, wow. How amazingly After Buzz has set up all of the categories and everything, so it makes it so easy for you guys to find your favorite shows. As satisfying as a diet, Dr Pepper. Yeah, which is God's favorite drink. God's favorite drink. And I would assume his favorite after show network would be After Buzz TV. Yeah. And if we're your favorite, let us know by giving us those five stars, the thumbs up, rate, subscribe, leave us some comments, talk to us, let us know what you think. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We love it. It's why we do this show. If it wasn't for you, then we wouldn't be here binge watching three hours straight of Preacher. Ooh, I did it just to hear you, just to see your sweet tweets to me. Sweet, sweet, sweet tweets. tweets. Your sweet comments and your sweet stars. I love them. Yes. Makes me so, breathe. Back to the show. <laughs> so yeah, let us know what you think. Give us all of those good things and then we'll keep talking about the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> Let that topic die, just like poor Steve in the raft. Eaten by sharks just a couple of feet away from Australia. Oh my god, that was just the most ridiculous thing. When he wraps up Steve, and then he gives him this beautiful, moving Bible verse. He's saying these sweet, kind things, and then... A Boom, shark just comes up and 47 meters down just Mandy Moore's that poor Steve. <laughs> and Spoiler alert. I haven't seen 47 <laughs> meters down. Well, what are you doing no. with your life? You haven't seen the cinematic classic 47 meters down? I didn't even know Mandy Moore was in it. They talk about a guy named Stuart. Oh, I thought it was Steve. Damn it. Never mind. It's not even good. Sorry. Never mind. Oh, Ugh. I've seen it too much. I know the people that they talk about. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway, anyway so they turn close. around to the beach, though. So if son if of a beach, he could have just stayed alive just a little bit longer. He, he could have, have scarred okay. all of those children on the beach. Most importantly, yeah, that's that's the, that's the takeaway. That's is he could have, and also like there are some people just swimming out there. There are sharks very close to you guys. Get out of the water. That's Australia, man. Australia, everything's designed to kill you in Australia. But they love sharks in Australia, and they, there's things on the land that'll kill you, and there's things in the sea. I do love though that this is what finally breaks. Jesse, though, he's finally like, you know what? You're an asshole. Like, I've been having this conversation with God. I've been saying, you know what? No, I've got my my bearings. Finally. I know where I'm going. And he's finally just like, screw you, man. Like, just, ah. Uh. Yeah. And then. It's taken him a lot to lose his faith. That's something that's like, and he's not even quite there yet, which is interesting. He's, you feel like he's finally calling God an asshole, but he, he's still on his way to that. He's still a custard. He's still heading to Dick Rock, you know? Yeah. He's still there. That rock hard Dick Rock. Which is called the Lost Apostle, which <laughs> the is. The Lost Apostle. Nice. That doesn't actually exist, right? I don't think it I does. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know anything about a big Dick Rock, a holy Dick Rock, but maybe. I mean, I feel like I know a lot about Dick rocks and that's not one that i know about so that's why i don't think it exists but can we find out if the lost apostle is a real dick rock or not <laughs> yes please <laughs> okay shark bait ooh ha ha ooh ha ha ooh ha ha uh, so oh at the beach also on the flip side of the world should we go to them should we go to our our buddies the the Saint and Arseface? Well, we do have them, yeah. We have just a brief little moment mm-hmm. um, with them uh, at the very end of the episode, too, where we see um, that they have now reached the gulf 
And Eugene's like, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. And they're just going to crawl to the other side of the world, apparently. I like this because I love it when they set up all these rules for a show and then they realize... Uh, he's also just a magic gunslinger. So can't he just shoot he can through just the world? He just do whatever he wants. And they just appear on the other side, and it's like, yeah, okay. Because otherwise he's just walking. He's going to walk to Australia. And there is a moment where they're like, oh, boy, this is going to take a while. For Are, they, are we going to see the saint in our space on a plane flying to Australia? So I <laughs> How do they of, get a passport? Like, yeah, yeah. I kind of mm-hmm. like this DSX uh, And I do love, too, that they have somebody who, anybody who would question it is kind of represented by the man on the beach yeah. who's like crikey. whoa I didn't e- crikey I didn't even think that was possible and then it just shot in the head like yeah. okay don't logic isn't in a factor here like don't uh-huh. worry about it um, now one of the most shocking moments I think uh, is Cass's storyline with Frankie yeah. and the ultimate end of Frankie Toscani being his end right well, we kind of knew what was going to happen. As soon yeah. as he said, like, this is actually happening, and then it does. Yeah, when he did flat out say, it's funny that you think that him shoving a gun up his butt and blowing his brains out is funny, because I'm going to shove a gun up your butt and blow your brains out. Right. And we see Cass um, with the, the seraphim feather that he has used to pick the lock. Pick the lock. And then as Frankie is around the corner, he's killed the guard so quickly. They haven't even made a sound. I mean, this just was so hauntingly, like, brilliantly done, the setup. But then just the moment of Frankie just... The visual of the, the side, poof. and yeah, and then when it went away, I. <laughs> I mean, we saw Jesse's soul get crapped out of a sphincter hanging from the ceiling, and it didn't upset me as bad as this. You know what's great is also in that image, an executive producer's name came up in the opening credits, and I kept thinking, like, <laughs> I hope he has that. I hope he has that like image framed somewhere as like eh, that's a proud moment. Hey, but it's like, remember yeah. they said my name when we Senator saw over Frankie's this image butt? of a guy basically sitting on a uh, sitting on a gun, dead. Ooh, and if you want to know if that is how he actually meets his end in the comics, stick around till the end of our show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ivan Soto in the chat saying, "Poor guy, pretty rough." Pretty rough, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but this is now um, the impetus for uh, this whole storyline with Cass. And we've seen him with the Seraphim, and we've seen these conversations. Um, and we'll talk about Tulip and her whole scheme right. after we talk about kind of Cass and this relationship with this fallen angel that has been... His yeah, cellmate. Um, one important point with Cass is that he's someone who, we've always known this, he's someone who is racked with guilt and is always punishing himself. Mm-hmm. And is constantly in a, in a cycle of self-destruction, which we've been seeing in literal form the last couple of episodes as he's been escaping and then back into it. And it just seems like he's he's always in the cycle. But now that Tulip is involved and Tulip can be hurt... They want to break out of that. I do think that is very interesting, yes, is that it's his love. He loves Tulip more than he loves himself, clearly. Yeah. Is that he would do anything for her. But we also have this 
really heart-wrenching conversation where we have the seraphim even saying, you know, like, oh, you know, you, you were so excited. You couldn't believe that she could come back for you. And he's like, no, she's not my girlfriend. She's my mate's girlfriend. And right. forbidden love versus is it really love or is it pig-headedness? Mm-hmm. And Cash is saying, look, no, that's just who she is. She just, if you take something of hers, she's going to come back and get it. Yeah. Whether it's just, it's a friendship thing. This is a platonic thing. This isn't what you're making it well, out to be. Well, that's what he's saying, but that's not what but he means. But it's not what he wants he's, it to he's be. He's really in love with Tulip, and he's very excited that she's back. But And now that Tulip is in danger, that's actually what's going to get him out of there. Because yeah. he realized she's going to keep coming she's back. She's going to keep coming back. And, and Featherstone is just wait. Which I also think it's ironic that her name is Featherstone. And it's the feather yeah. that is getting him out of God, the Featherstone stone. Featherstone has become such a badass. God, Featherstone. I'm like, Hoover's gone. Hoover. T- what do you think of Hoover 2? Hoover 2 like, terrible. Eh, he's Hoover 2 is just meh. there to be like, you know, he's doing he's, what he's, he's supposed too, to do. Yeah, it's like, it's what Featherstone was originally. But now she's progressed as such like a crazy, like vengeful badass. That I'm like, I'm just so into it. It's so different from the comics. I think I'll say that at least. We'll talk about it more in detail later. Yeah. But they've like they've really adapted the show into something different and some characters have gone off in these great directions that are very different. It's awesome. I I definitely feel like Featherstone's character is one of the more interesting ones. Um and ultimately, we we do see Cass um talking to the the Seraphim and saying, "Look, you know, shut up or I'm going to kill you. You keep talking, you keep talking, shut up, yeah. shut up, I'm going to kill you. And then ultimately, Cass breaks his own hands off, and then we see him crawl up and kill. Oh. And I love this moment, this, like, psych-out moment, which is, like, it just goes right back to, like, the first season. Yeah, it just brings... I, I always forget that, like, these angels can do that. Yeah, that they just pop back up. Once you kill their body, they just leave that body, and then right. the new one's there. there He's like, you could have like, just... Got me down, man. I was also wondering, like, and I, let us know in the chat if you guys were thinking this too. But I felt like they maybe like he was gonna get superpowers from like drinking the blood of an angel. The angel. I thought something weird something was, gonna was gonna happen. happen like but it then was... it's like, oh no, he's just trying to get. He's yeah, just getting the escape out. So then he can fly out of there. Fly out of it. Fly right not, out. I guess not into the sun. It looked like yeah, it was, it was light like, out. No, it was nighttime. Okay. It looked like nighttime. It was like looked evening, like, like overcasty. Okay. There was some golden light coming in at some point. But I mean, so. he could just hide underneath the wings, too, I guess. But I don't know. It seemed like it was night. It seemed like it made sense. Yeah. Um. But ultimately, Tulip find out, finds out that Cass has escaped, Um. which is good because this whole episode is her putting herself at risk over and over, right. and, over and over and over and over and over and over to try to get Cass back. And then ultimately, Marnie, her alter ego, coming face to face with Jesus Christ himself. Wearing the hair of Tulip from the comics, which I always Yes, love. I love every time that Mar- that Marnie has, like, right. Tulip's comic book hair. I was I talking can, about that last week. In the previous episode, by the way, where she gets stuck in the in the hospital, in the hospital section, I kept wondering, what, if she has a head trauma, why haven't they realized she's wearing a wig? Yeah, that's what I was like, also, but I think maybe they're like, oh, that's just... Let's just keep focusing. Yeah, yeah let's not be rude. That's, <laughs> you know, that's part of her style, I yeah. guess. 
But, I don't know. But Tua ends up buddying up with uh, Buddy Christ. Yeah. And Which was funny, too, because did you realize that it was Jesus right when... Um, I knew it because I knew they were faking us out. Because they were setting up the idea of, like, oh, she's going to come face-to-face with Hitler. With Hitler, because we saw Hitler and we see the emissary suite. Yeah, so it's like it's great that it was the other guy and it was uh, it was Jesus. And I love that Tyson Ritter is just like, and you know how I play Jesus? Myself, but without a shirt. I'm Tyson Ritter. What up? Check it out. What up, all American rejects? Um, <laughs> I loved all American uh, rejects. And they, um, they played it in the this first yeah. season that he that he appeared. Which He's doing a great dope. job in the show because he plays Humperdue as well. Humperdue and all of the Humperdues. All the Humperdues. So many clones of Humperdue. Um, but I love too that we see Featherstone in her confrontation with Jesus when you know Tulip is telling Jesus, "Look, you can't come with me. On this is going to be a jailbreak. This is right. going to be intense. Like and almost patronizing to Jesus. Like I was going to say, like I, I would first ask Jesus, like, okay, I know some of your powers, Jesus. <laughs> I know about the bread and the wine and all and that fish. stuff." Can you like turn guns into birds or something? Like I want to know. Can we? Can you do other stuff? Because maybe you'll be useful. You know? Can you turn? Can I use your Jesus powers? What Jesus powers can can be useful in a fight? Can I use to get my vampire buddy out? Right to get my <laughs> vampire buddy. I would also add like he's a vampire. By the way, I don't know if you're cool with that, but he is a very yeah. drunk vampire all the time. I love that Tulip too won't even curse in front of Jesus though. I know. Like she starts to say shit, and then she's like stuff. My stuff. stuff. Like, I don't want, like, uh And then even when she's like, you're just a really nice guy, Jesus. <laughs> like, she's like, I mean, obviously, but damn, like, you're yeah. really nice, Jesus. So it's just really funny to me to see, too, Jesus go down there when she's like, look, there's nothing you can do in this scenario. We can't talk our way out of this. This is going to be a, a big gunfight. This is going to be violent. This is something that you're not going to be want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, we'll see. And then he goes down there and he's like, hey, I'm going to bless the prisoners. And Featherstone's like, nobody, no, you're not. No. We hear Cass yelling in the background and we're like, okay, well, obviously. And Featherstone's like, I don't care if you're Jesus or not. I'm Featherstone, so GTFO. Go. Here's a bloody handprint. Yeah, and just le- and then when Jesus just comes back and he's like, it didn't work. Yeah. And, like, and Tulip has to go and usually, take it into her own hands. Usually he's more persistent than that. That's like. Yeah, I was like, that was, he gave up pretty quick. If it was tax collectors, he would flip his shit. He would, <laughs> he would go crazy. But because it wasn't, because it was soldiers, he wasn't able to do it. He's like, there you go. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, no tables to overturn. So, he But I back. did think that this was really, really, cl- I mean, that he's even saying, look, like, don't do this. This is they're gonna kill you. Like there's this is a bad idea. And Tulip's right. like, everything I do is a bad idea, basically, but this is like you're gonna learn real quick, Jesus. This, this is, is how I, I do, roll. Jesus. This is what I do. And Jesus is like, I'm rolling with you. Yeah, and he comes up with these great things about like, you know, having her look like she's worshiping so that he can get all the other grail to do it mm-hmm. and basically deter and we even see this with Hair Star, like from the beginning when Hair is recognizing her and she's starting to reach for the gun and then he diffuses it by being like, When do I get to meet Humperdoo? Right. When do I get to meet my brother that I know that you guys clearly something's uh, up son, with that? Son. Oh my son, my son, my descendant, descendant. flesh of my flesh. Mm-hmm. 
Remember that big sex scene with Jesus that we had? The... But it's also kind of his brother, too, because it's the son of God. They're both the son of God. Well, it's it's based off of his kid. Yeah, it's like the it's... descendant. Yeah, it's like, you so know. So it's more of a clone upon a clone. I'm saying, if you're saying, like, actual titles. Yeah. It's a, it's the It's the grandson of God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The many, many grandson clone of it's God. It's the tap dancing great, 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 right. great, great grandson. Anyway. And I love this, like, the, the dancing is the real test. God. <laughs> that has to that one day. episode. Uh, yes. And they're like, okay, dance. <laughs> Just throw the cane. And this, so absurd. This also has, like, Adolf Hitler with the... Uh, with yeah, the so we do piano. see Hitler playing piano. Mm-hmm. He bribes a guard to go and see Humperdue. And at this point... We don't know if this is the correct Humperdoo or not. And if it's not the right Humperdoo, if he can't dance, right. then Hitler just has now gained just a trump card yeah. that he can say, oh, well, you guys don't even have the actual descendant that you're supposed to have. So right. that is a little worrisome. And it also just sets up like a really happy, bouncy beat to then bring back in to the end. So yeah. the scoring on this show is just so good. Mm. It's so good. But ultimately, the big takeaway is that Jesus asked Tulip, what's she going to do after this now that Cass is gone? And she's saying, I'm going to find Cass. Then I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want. And he's going to leave and go with her. He's going to go, too. He's bouncing. No packet for Jesus. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's not meeting with the summit. Yeah, he's like, forget that summit. You just hang out. And so does that mean that Humperdue has to now be... Humperdue is part of the plan, but it's still supposed but it's to have all, the it's, Yeah, it's... Hmm. But Humperdue is very integral. Hmm. So says God. Well, any last thoughts on this episode before we dive into our special segment? Um, no, I'm just excited about what what this show is going to... what How this is going to develop. What other things... There's still one big thing from the comic I can't wait to see. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, like... I uh I, I really like the show. I'm just enjoying watching it. Sweet. Well, let's Sweet. talk about it right now. Right now, we are going to talk some comics. Mm. So, if you don't want to God's hear plan. it, sure, that can be our new God's plan. Yeah, I'm that's on it. I, yeah. We need something. Yeah, it's yeah. the pages turning. It's Flip a comic it. Time. Flip it. We're flipping oh, it and reverse it, man. It's a comic so, time. <laughs> Turn off your set if you don't want it. Comics yeah. time. If you don't want to know what's happening, then don't watch for just a minute. Um. So this episode, kind of the big difference in the comics and here is Frankie's demise. Yeah. Um. In the comics, Frankie dies because he has Cass in a pit and he's been shooting Cass full of bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a few episodes ago about how him cutting off Cass's uh, wiener over and or wiener bits over and over and over again is kind of an allusion to Frankie having uh, his penis cut off in the comics, right? Um, and being a eunuch and being kind of ostracized for that, right? Um, now, that's kind of allusion to this one. Now, in the comics, though, Jesse is the one who goes and saves Cassidy, mm-hmm. and he uses the word to where Frankie knows, like, okay, I need to be ready to shoot the very first word he says, but the first word that Jesse says is miss. So Frankie misses, Jesse pushes him into the pit, Frankie breaks his neck, and he just has to lay there, kind of comatose, right. while Cass drinks his blood and revives him. This one... He gets gun shoved up his butt. Yeah. What'd you think of this uh, reiteration of this? It's this? good. It's good. Like, I, I don't quite remember Frankie from the comics. It, it, he didn't stand out as, like, 
a big thing in because I haven't read the comics in a little since like season. I just one know Eunokio is such a mean name to call anybody. <laughs> right, like that was his nickname is because he was a eunuch. Oh right, yeah. Now I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> but right. Also, That's all you have to say is like his sister called him Eunokio, and so he killed his sister's husband. Right. <laughs> I uh, uh, the big. I mean, the big thing with like the comics in this that I really love that they found a way to get out of, and you probably talked about this in a previous episode, is the reason Jesse has split up from Tulip is much different because in that in the comics it's just like. I don't want to hurt you, little lady. So you got to yeah. stay home. And it's pretty sexist. And in this case, it's I, I'm i getting called from God. I'm also worried somehow I'm going to hurt you. And so that's why he's leaving, which feels a lot. It's a much stronger character choice. I and agree. It, it and makes seeing like, the dream and him like physically choking Tulip and this right. like really visceral moment of him being like, I'm going to be the reason that you die if I stay right. here. Right. So he like that makes a lot more like internal sense for the character. And it also he's tried to free Cass. Cass doesn't want to get freed by him. So that's gives him a reason to leave Cass. And it makes and Tulip has a reason to save Cass because she has literally nothing else to do. Like yeah. she doesn't know what to do with her life if she's not like pursuing Cass or or uh, or crime, like some Custer. sort of adventure. Really, yeah, I know. But right now, she's just lost. She's lost the love of her life. She's mm-hmm. not sure how to deal with it, and so she's focusing on the next thing. And it's it makes sense with the character without it's weakening her or weakening him. And that's that's amazing. Cause I yeah, I think that the the way that they have able they've been able to take these references, yeah. And completely circumvent them and turn these things on their head so that you don't know what's going to happen next. Right. Um, And we want to hear what you guys think are going to happen next in the comments. So let us know your thoughts. We got to kind of wrap up here before we get to our predictions. But we'll let you guys know what we think in the comments, maybe. And also, we'll definitely know what, let you know what we think next week. Yeah. Um, until then, where can everybody find you? Oh, you can find me at mrdavechild on Twitter or davechild.com because I'm Dave Child. Yeah. And I'm Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. And you can find us both back here next week, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're both going to be here next week, so you should be here with us. See you then. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 